At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Who do you think's the better team in Lions Patriots? Well, this is insane because the game's in New England. And for years, we've looked at the Patriots as the model franchise and the Lions is the antithesis of that. And yet, basically, Vegas is telling us on a neutral field, the two teams are even that there's no difference and Detroit's still dealing with injuries on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know, dude, Zappy for the the fact that he, I went back and I watched that game after we talked. I actually thought he was better than Rogers. And I can't, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I like, I turned that game off of NFL plus or game pass or whatever the frigate's called. And I'm like, I kind of like this guy. I got a soft spot for this guy. And so, well, yeah, his college numbers are insane. I, I think they're going to, I think that might be a storyline for us on our next podcast. Like, dude, Z- Bailey Zappi threw for like 340 and three touchdowns, and the Patriots mopped the floor with the Lions. I kind of think that that's going to happen. So, so, another quarterback better than any quarterback the Bears have had in my lifetime? Yes. Zappi. Um, I think that. You know I've liked Detroit all year. I, I like them over six and a half. I, I'm still feeling very good about that. And part of it was the additions and the schedule and playing hard for the coach and all of that. I think this is a game where Belichick and what they do 
is just going to be like, okay, the Lions defense is pathetic. The Lions offense has been very good, even when Swift and Brown and guys have been hurt. Like the Lions offense has been one of the best in the NFL this year. So let's keep them on the sidelines. Like this, this to me is like 40 minute time of possession game. And they're going to just run the ball for five and a half yards of carry. And they're going to snap the ball with two seconds left on the play clock. <laughs> I can see that. Starting in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Like it is going to just be like a deliberate game of keep away. But And then you're just like, oh, right. Dirty Bill. Dirty Bill Belichick, like just like fr- from the, mi- you know, you never see teams mar- like manipulate the play clock like that in the first quarter of the game. They're just going to be like, we don't want to even give this Jared Goff, TJ Hawkinson, if he plays like whatever, we don't want to give that up. Don't put that on the field. Seven minute field goal drives, just like an interminable game, but they control it the whole way. I, I think that that's the type I, I- I'll be floored if it's 340 passing yards because I don't think he's going to give them the opportunity I think they are going to just run the yeah. ball see I'm not because I think Detroit's going to put eight in the box and that's when Bill's going to let Zappy do his thing and he's gonna I mean listen I'm rooting for I, I, that, that'd be fun but I, I I think I think it's just a wire-to-wire Patriots slop fest uh do you like either of these teams prospects that came into the year both with a ton of expectation chargers or browns do you like either of their hopes uh in the game or the season well we were both so high on la and i think there's a chance out of this game to maybe buy low on the chargers but i think the browns are going to win the game and i think the browns are going to be in a situation because that'll tie them with the winner of the ravens Bengals game for first place and I think they're that, that's going to start with them for maybe the first time this year. An interesting conversation about maybe the most despised player in the NFL in the positive impact he can have on them when he comes back from injury. Because they've played mostly cupcakes. They've had the easiest schedule to this point. And even with the Chargers injuries in the game being at home, I think if the Browns win this game, and they run the ball with Chubb, and he has another breakout game, I think it's going to force people, especially like in our line of work, like the analytical minds that really like the Chargers, it's going to force people to be like, oh, fuck. Well, what are the Browns when Deshaun Watson comes back? So that's my read on this game. I think Cleveland will win, and I think it's going to open up a can of worms about how good they can be once Watson returns to the lineup. You know, it's it's still so far away um right it's after week 11 for that game against the texans that i think the media has just kind of decided to not talk about it for a while from a football standpoint and understand they've been a a favorite in every game and they played the game that like no one i know there was a thursday night game against the steelers who are a tiffany franchise but they've been like as a bad team like all right they're playing cupcakes they might win and win ugly, just kind of put the game on the back burner. But if you beat Justin Herbert and the Chargers, I think it forces people to have a harder conversation about the Browns, Danny. Yeah, for, and fourth quarter lead in every game, too. I just I think that, you know, the the when you said buy low on the Chargers, I just looked it up. 
They're 11 to 1 to win the AFC right now. So are you saying Browns beat the Chargers and then we bet them? Yeah. I'm saying that after that, they'll probably be like 16 or 18 to 1 or something like that. Just to win the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I mean it, it it's just it's just typical Chargers because I told you before the year I got them at, I got them at eighteen to one at the beginning of the offseason before they added Khalil Mack when everybody was healthy they went down to twelve to one and then all of the injuries happened and they were like twenty one or twenty two to one uh b- before last week so the value went went completely away I'll say I I was pretty impressed with Herbert last week like all of us Twitter doctors who are like <laughs> oh you got you can't play him can't play him and like obviously I, I still don't think he should have been out there down four touchdowns in in the fourth yeah. quarter of the game right after the rib injury but like hey it's possible that they actually knew what they were doing and this guy is gonna have to just have a little bit extra padding and deal with this sort of thing the guy threw the ball 40 times 39 yeah. times last week so like he's a he's a gamer uh the question is gonna be can they stop the run because if the if the Chargers can just slow Chubb down, hundred yard game, twenty four carry, you know what I mean? Just like just he's going to get his, but just make him work for it. Then I think the Chargers win fairly comfortably. But if it's easy for Chubb, and I got to be honest, I don't have a great read on the Chargers' ability to do that. So I, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot about what the what type of games the Chargers can win based on how they handle Chubb in this spot, but I still think the chargers are live because if Herbert can play like he did last week, that soon after the the rib injury, then they're going to get a few of these guys back. And I still think that they could be fine going forward this season. Eagles Cardinals is our next game. We talked about a trap game earlier for, uh, for the Niners. You feel that way here? Eagles a little bit overrated in this spot against Arizona. Yeah. Cause I think even though, I obviously have projected Jacksonville to be really good this year. And, you know, you obviously were higher on Detroit than what they were last year when they were one of the worst teams in the NFL, like in Minnesota Sunday night or Monday night football. But, like, the Eagles still have to beat a team. And I'm not saying Arizona's great or anything, but it's on the road against a team that made the playoffs last year and was the last team without a loss from a year ago. And the way the line is, is five and a half. I just think that there's been a big rush to coronate Philadelphia as the best team. And it's a little bit to me like Buffalo and Miami a couple of weeks ago. And I know Buffalo dominated a lot of the numbers in that game, the yardage and the time of possession of those things. But I just feel like everyone has just jumped on the Eagles bandwagon and Based on the way Murray is connected with Hollywood Brown early this year, I just think that this is a tougher game than people are making it out to be. And I actually think that Arizona is going to beat them on Sunday, Danny. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird spot for Philly because of a lot of the things that you just mentioned. But I, I was looking it up uh, because we've talked about like how Philly's been impressive and they win a bunch of different ways and they've been running the ball so effectively, like when Hertz yeah. hasn't, been, hasn't been good. And I, I think of Arizona as having a terrible defense. Um, no one's had a big running day against them all season. When the chiefs played them, their leading rusher was Pacheco with 62 yards. Jacobs had 69 yards. Akers had 61 McCaffrey had 27. They haven't allowed a single running runner That's to good. have 
70 yards or more. That's good research by you. Yeah. Well, just, it just surprised me because I was thinking about like, if, if it was a weird game for Hertz and it was a weird spot and he was a little off, were they, are they going to just be able to fall back on, oh, well, we can run the ball against Arizona. The defense isn't good. He wasn't and, that good last week. They got away with it because Lawrence fumbled the ball so many times against the Eagles. Right. But so that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, like they, they've been, but, but if, if they can just turn the ball and hand it off to Sanders and just run like a running, you know, they say defense travels, a running game travels, all of that stuff. But if Arizona is going to be able to take away the running game, it's going to force Hertz to, to play well. And I'm not, I'm not saying Arizona's got a great run defense necessarily, but through four games, yeah, you haven't been able to run on them, which I just think adds to the tricky spot here. And if you would have like, before I looked that up today, before the show blind test, like, I would have not said that it, because I, I don't think Arizona is getting a lot of love for their defense. So I'm with you. I think it's a really, really tricky spot uh, for Philly. And if Philly's going to win, it's going to be because Hertz is going to have to outduel uh, Kyler, which is yeah. no sure thing at this point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want me to keep setting up these games? Fine, I will. Titans Commanders. <laughs> all right, I've been down on the Titans all year, buddy, but what do we have to do here if Derrick Henry's actually just Adrian Peterson and a cyborg? Well, never that's been. what it's looked like the last two weeks, especially early in those games. Yeah. And given what happened to the Colts uh, on Thursday, winning in such a horrifically ugly fashion, I just thought, like, if, if Henry is back, then I think the Titans are going to win the division again. Now, my opinion is that he's not totally back. And I think we see him regress again against Washington. I just don't see him at this point in his career is being able to do back to back to back to maybe back to back games and just look like the elite runner that he is. So I'm actually betting against him. I'm fading him. Um, I'm shorting that stock as you like to say in your business thank you uh, your, your family's business but like i just don't my family's business yeah i i, I if, if he is the guy that he's been the last two weeks i think they'll win the division but i'm here saying that i think that his luck runs out against washington on sunday you know i mean it's a it's a good spot though right like washington has not been impressive more so against the past than, than, than against the run Right. Um, I just, I just, I don't think that the Carson Wentz commander secondary, like, like it's a, it's a passing league. So maybe it's a good matchup for them in the spot that Tennessee is not going to crush you through the air. Burks but, is hurt. Right. But I, I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> and I, I, it's like, which of these teams do I like less? And I think I still like the Titans a little less, but I also was the same guy who said that I thought that the national media was trying to crown the Jaguars 
before they were really worth it. And now we saw, just saw what the Colts did against the Broncos. Like someone has to win the AFC South. Yeah. So if, if Derek ha- and, and don't you think the Adrian Peterson comp is the right one? Yeah, like, I like that. People, I, I people said I, that I, AP I, I was done for five years. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in it in that scenario, the Titans are the better team, and they might be the best team in the AFC South. But I just I, I I'll be late to that party. Uh, Seahawks and Saints. Do, are if you're a Seattle fan, are you rooting for Geno to keep this up, or do you think it's a fool's gold situation with him, Danny? Well, I think if you have a quarterback who completes over seventy percent of his passes and wins NFC Offensive Player of the Week, you you root for it, like. If you you know what I mean, like if if it, if he and he's like carrying himself with a certain degree of moxie and pride, and like he did have some pedigree, like it, I think you root for it because number one pick might already be out the window, and so you deal with that other part later if you think it can be real long term. Do I think that's likely? No. And the second he turns back into a pumpkin, then you root for it to stay that way. And I personally think it's going to like I think it's an awesome story I think it's been a weird set of circumstances with week one against Denver that game meaning so much to them and then back-to-back weeks against Atlanta and Detroit two of the worst defenses in the NFL I think the Saints defense is going to seem like the 85 Bears and they lost the Atlanta game what and they lost the Atlanta game. It's not even like they won that for Gino. Right, no, no, but I know I but yeah. we were talking about in the context of Gino. In, yeah, the, yeah, in yeah. the context of Gino being good and efficient and completing a huge percentage of his passes, right? Like he 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 was very efficient in the Atlanta game. They lost, but I'm just talking about like in the context of the quarterback, I think that the Saints defense is going to seem like the 85 Bears compared to what they've seen this year when he's been good. So I think that this is gonna be it's a fascinating question. But I, I think this it's not going to have to actually become a real worry for Seahawks fans because I think this is the two interception or two turnover with a strip fumble. Like, I think this is the game where Geno Smith goes back to looking like the career backup that he's been. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's a situation where if most quarterbacks had these numbers through four games, we'd consider the team that he was playing for like a legitimate contender. But no one does that with Smith because just like you, they're anticipating that shoe is going to drop. And the only point I was trying to make with the Falcons game is that he was somewhat effective at home against a supposedly bad team, and they still lost. Right. They still didn't win. They didn't do enough to win the game. So I think it's like a nice story in terms of like a, you know, perseverance. But I don't. I'm like you. I don't see any way that it plays out long-term. And if I'm a Seahawks fan, the last thing I want is for him to play just well enough where it convinces the people there to draft like Will Anderson or somebody like that with a top five pick. I, but like, listen, man, Gino's been a great story. Like we, you know, we started this with him out playing Russ and like you said, somewhat effective. I just pulled it up. He was 32 of 44 for 325 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, passer rating of 100 in that game against Atlanta. Like he he was good. Yeah. He just lost at home. Yeah. 
So no, and, and listen, losing to Atlanta is a bad loss. I'm I'm with you there, but they're a bad team. They were supposed to be a bad team. Like yeah. Geno Smith throwing 44 times for 325 yards and a couple of scores is pretty damn impressive. All right, last game on the slate. Texans Jaguars. Survivor pool, we we're confident that Jaguars have separated themselves. We trust them in this spot. Yeah, I do. And, and like, Houston has been that plucky team like Detroit last year that just keeps losing games barely, but finding ways to lose. But I feel in this matchup, like, I'm I'm confident for once in Jacksonville that they win this game in a very comfortable setting. Like, I do actually think that they've they've progressed enough where just winning this game is not what people expect or demand out of them. But like, hey, let's look good beating Houston at home. And I anticipate that they're going to do that. I think that the we referenced the fumbles from Trevor Lawrence and like, you know, they lose that game. Uh, it They have to play a clean game against this type of opponent. Like, I think that people have crowned the Jaguars too soon. But I like their future and I love Trevor Lawrence. But what is true is they're not in Houston's class. They were last year. Yeah. But they, they've leveled up, right? Like if if it's a high class, middle class, low class league, the Jaguars are middle class. And some people are trying to make them upper middle class. And I don't think they're there yet. But the Texans are still lower class. They're a bottom five team in the NFL. And so not that they have any home field advantage, but like they're at home. They're certainly not playing anyone the caliber of Herbert. They spent all week watching that film of how like sloppily they played against an upper class team. By comparison, this is going to feel pretty easy. You know, maybe the Texans run on them. And keep this game close. Like the Tex- uh, the Jaguars are laying a touchdown and the total is only like 42 and a half, 43, 43 and a half over the course of the week. So like that's a lot to lay in a low scoring game. But I, I think the Jags probably win this one by double digits. So do I. Okay. And then uh, that wraps it up. We've got the Chiefs who are going to hang 40 on the Raiders, <laughs> but we'll get into that game uh, on, on Sunday's pod. Thank you to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review, share it. We're 1ST ampersand pod. First in pod. <laughs> See you, Pony. See you, Danny.